that uh, sometimes uh, when you're just stepping into a place, you might wonder what all the family business is about, but uh, you'll catch it after a while. God's good. Amen. Uh, how much time do I have to preach on a Sunday? About 30 minutes? Or when do you guys finish? Oh. I can do it in, I can do it in 15 minutes. I could do that. Yeah. Uh, would you would you just stand to your feet for a moment, please? I, I want to invite you to to do that. Yeah, and uh, welcome all the staff from different countries. That was a great few days, wasn't it? I just loved it. Yeah. Would you just pray for the person on your right? Just pray the Lord will bless them and that God will give them a word of encouragement today. They are not here by accident. Yeah, and if you know them, you can really pray effectively. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And same thing, would you just reach over, pray for the person on your left, and uh, just extend the love of the Lord to them, and ask that God will give them a rhema word, a, a personal word for them today. And then would you just open up your heart, and just say to the Lord how hungry you are, how much you love him and that you want to <clears throat> hear his word of encouragement to you. Yeah, you're not here by accident. Yeah, and then would you just pray for me? Yeah, just ask the Lord to flow through a broken vessel, a human vessel, that it would come from my spirit, a river would flow. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. That's good. Thanks for that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Lord, I love you today, and I just thank you for the privilege of being here with SP. And Lord, we thank you for the power of the preached word. I thank you for the anointing. Lord, we just release your precious anointing and Holy Spirit in this house, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Lord, I just pray that you'd flow through me, a broken vessel, but it would be like rivers of living water. Uh, Lord, I hide behind the cross today. I hide behind your word. And I pray that every word will be dripping with hot oil. And we just give you the praise and the honor for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated today. Praise the Lord. The title of the message today is The Adventure of Faith. Uh, Would you please say that out loud? Say the, The Adventure of Faith. I want to ask you a question today. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? What would be the superpower uh, that you would choose? I, I've always been fascinated by flying. I, I think if, if I could choose a superpower, it would be uh, that, I could, that I could fly. Uh, and so I've always had a dream, and, and it was to go skydiving. I thought, well, man, that might be the closest thing uh, that I could get to with, uh, with flying. The, the only problem is I'm scared of heights. I get really nervous about heights, so I never knew exactly how I would do that. Uh, and so uh, the other problem was my wife would not release me to do that. She said, there's no way you're going skydiving. And, you know, I'd have my life insurance in place and everything, but she, she just wouldn't do it. One time I was preaching in the Ukraine, and I saw these billboards everywhere, and it was really economical to go skydiving. And I thought... And I was on my own. Sarah wasn't there. And I thought, well, maybe I should go skydiving. And then I started thinking, maybe there's a reason why this is so cheap. Uh, so I decided not to go skydiving. And I wanted to honor my wife. And then 
for my 50th birthday five years ago, my wife surprised me and uh, gave me a gift to go skydiving. And so I was so excited about that. And so I thought, well, let me, uh, maybe I'll take the lessons, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll learn how to do it on my own. And, uh, you know, you can go to a class and everything. And then I started thinking about that. And I thought, I don't know, I've got this issue where I'm nervous about heights. And I, I probably should go with a professor, professional. Let me, let me start with that. And so uh, we did a tandem uh, jump. And uh, we went up to 13,000 feet. And where I live, it's actually one of the... Uh, uh, biggest spots in the world. People come from all over the world. They call it Skydive City. And it's just this really, really simple place, but it's because of the weather. The weather's so great there, and so they can get a lot of jumps. So we go up to 13,000 feet, just in this little plane. We're circling. They've got the door open, and every once in a while, somebody jumps out. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I ever going to get out the door? But you're strapped to your mentor. You're strapped to the professional guy. And so next thing you know, you're going out. And, and I, was, I was flying. Here's the amazing thing. If you've been skydiving, you know this. There's no like frame of reference. So you don't feel like you're falling. You actually feel like you're, you're flying. And so I do have a picture here just to prove that it actually did happen. And so so here I am skydiving, and it was this real this sense uh, of, actually, of actually flying. And, and I just share that today because I really think that a walk with the Lord, a walk with the Lord is an adventure. And, and it is this sense of jumping out uh, and trying something remarkable. It's, it's a sense of, uh, of getting out of the boat and walking on water. It's a sense of, of jumping out of, of the airplane and really flying with the Lord. And so I'm just here to declare to you today that, that a life with Jesus is exciting. A life uh, with the Lord is exciting. It is truly an adventure. And, and the Lord wants you to fly. He wants you to soar above the circumstances of life. He wants you to spread your wings. He wants you to reach heights that you've never reached before. And so faith, faith is an adventure. I want to read to you to begin with out of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And it says this, without faith. It's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly or those who diligently seek him. A life with the Lord has to involve faith. You've got to believe that God exists. You can't see him with your eyes, but he's like the wind. You can see what he does. You can feel his presence, but it takes faith to actually believe. It's an adventure of living with the Lord. It's the adventure of faith. Well, what, what, what is an adventure? Well, an adventure is an unusual and exciting experience. It's an unusual and a, and a stirring experience. And so this is the, 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 the life of faith with the Lord. And so I just want to submit uh, five components today that I, I pray will be a blessing to you. As you think about a life of faith, five ingredients, five, five components as you, as you develop your faith, as you think about jumping out of an airplane and, and, and flying with the Lord. Well, the first one is this. You've got to dare to dream. You've got to dare to dream. If you're going to live the adventure of faith, you have got to be courageous enough to, to dream. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. When the Bible talks about hope here, it's really talking about dreaming. 
It's talking about your imagination. It's talking about this ability to see something in the spirit realm. Sometimes that's hard to do because we're very uh, temporary people. We, we see in this realm. But everything in life, actually, the spiritual realm is an invisible realm. And so when it comes to faith, you've got to see things that are invisible. If you look at this building today, somebody had to imagine this. Uh, Pastor Sam imagined what this would look like, what the stage would look like, what the, uh, what the auditorium would look like. He had to get with an architect. He had to get with a, uh, a planner and begin to imagine. It started invisibly, and then it manifested into this realm. And so if you think about that, every invention that has ever happened started with a thought. It started in the invisible realm. It started with, with a dream. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you to dare to dream today. Dare to dream the impossible. Uh, the problem is, as you walk through life, you start feeling some disappointments. And you get your hopes up. The Bible talks about the fact that hope deferred makes the, the heart sick. And you go through some disappointments. And so what happens is you start losing that ability to dream. Have you ever noticed a kid is really good at dreaming? They'll dream, they'll imagine uh, that they're an astronaut, they'll imagine that they're a pilot. And then you go through some hard knocks in life and you realize, wow, life isn't that easy. And maybe you got your hopes set on a few things. And then you went through some disappointments and it's harder to dream. You know what we tend to do is we start identifying with the disappointments of the past more than the promises of the future. And it takes a lot of courage to say, Lord, I'm not going to give up on dreaming. I want to continue to dare to dream. And so the first thing I just want to submit to you today is to dream. Would you go home today and just start dreaming in the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, what do you want to have happen for my kids? What do you want to happen uh, for my grandchildren, Lord? What do you want for my ministry, for my career? Would you just start dreaming again? I wonder if there are some people here today that maybe you've quit dreaming. Because of the heartache, because of the disappointments, because life is hard. Hear the word of the Lord today. God wants you to dream again. And you know what I found out about dreaming? It's free. It doesn't cost you anything today. You can just go home and dream. It's free. So why not go home? Imagine you have a billion dollars. Imagine that money isn't a problem. Imagine if you could do anything that your own limitations and your own humanity wouldn't get in the way, your own brokenness, your own limitations. None of that would get in the way. Just dream the impossible and let it begin to stir in your heart. It's your hope. It's your imagination. And the Lord wants you to do that. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 6 that, that hope isn't anchor for the soul makes you firm and secure it's the thing that begins to pull you toward what god wants you to do and it releases faith in your life it actually starts with hope and imagination so i encourage you today dare to dream dream again dream the the impossible i heard about a young man named monty roberts he lived in texas and his dad was actually a horse trainer his dad was an itinerant horse trainer and so he grew up with a love for horses, but his family didn't have very many resources. And so his dad would go from farm to farm and ranch to ranch, and, and he would train these horses. His dad actually uh, became well-known, but, 
But his son, Monty, just really got discouraged with all of the traveling. He had to change schools a lot. And he just began to have a dream. You know what? I, I want to live in the same place. I do love horses, but I, I want to live in the same place. And I want to have a ranch one day. And, uh, and so he just began to dream. Well, one day he was in high school. And the teacher gave him an assignment. And the teacher said, I want you to write a paper And I want you to set some goals for yourself. Well, Monty got excited about that. And he had all kinds of dreams. And so he went home and and he began to write how he wanted to have a a ranch with thousands of acres in Texas. And he wanted to have horses and he wanted to have cattle. And he just began to write down all of his dreams. And he was so excited, he handed in his paper. And when he got it back, his heart just sank. Because the teacher gave him a failing grade. Gave him an F. And on that paper was a note and said, this is so unrealistic. I told you to set goals. Now I want you to redo this paper. Well, Monty was devastated. He went back, started really thinking about it, but he just couldn't let go of that dream. So he made a decision. He went back to school. He handed the paper back to the teacher without changing a single thing. And he said to the teacher, you keep your failing grade. I'm going to keep my dream. And you know that today, Monty Roberts is a famous horse trainer. He's got thousands of acres. You know what he did with that that paper with the F on it? He framed it, and he put it over his fireplace. Do you know that kids from that same school come out for tours to visit his ranch? And the teacher? Well, even the teacher has been out to the ranch. This kid dared to dream. I want to put up a few of these pictures here because it's a true story. Here's Monty, Monty Roberts, his famous horse trainer. Uh, Look at the next picture. This is his his property, uh, his ranch. I think we have one more uh, picture of, of Monty Roberts and his horses. Here's a young man that actually dared to dream. I just want to speak that into your heart today. I want to speak that into your mind. That some of the dreams that maybe you've put on the shelf... Don't give up on them. Pull them off the shelf again. Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe it's for, uh, for your grandchildren. Maybe it's for your ministry. Some of the things that stirred in you when you were young for signs and wonders to reach the lost. Uh, maybe it's for a career. Maybe it's the grace to, to make money so that you can fund the end time harvest. But dare to dream again. Could you be courageous enough to do that? And so the first thing... When it comes to the adventure of faith, I just want to encourage you to dare to dream. The the second one is this, is you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard. You know, a dream doesn't just happen. You can't just pull it out of thin air. When God gives you a dream, it's by faith that you begin to make things happen. But you've got to work hard. It does take, work, it does take hard work uh, to make something come to pass. Listen to to Matthew 17 and verse 20. This is what Jesus said. He said, it takes faith to move mountains. So listen to what he said. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Watch this. Watch this. Nothing will be impossible for you. I think we should read that out loud together. Ready? Say, nothing will be impossible for you. Let, let's personalize. Say, nothing will be impossible for me. Say, it. nothing will be impossible for me. 
So you might be here today and you say, well, yeah, that, that's just a dream. But in reality, I'm facing a lot of challenges. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the maybe the spiritual gifting. I don't have the, the strength or the maturity. I don't have the physical health. And, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I, I'm, just, I'm just facing a mountain. And, and I understand it. That, that, that's very, very understandable. But what God wants to release you today is that nothing is impossible. The mountains that you face today, God wants you to climb. Come on, somebody. The mountains that you face today, He wants to see them removed in your life. But it's going to take you having a resiliency. It's going to take you having some veracity. It's going to take you having some strength to face that mountain and to work hard and to push through it so that you can get to the things that God has called you to. Say amen to that. And so you got to work hard. Well, how do you move a mountain? Sometimes we think, well, well mountains should just, should just happen su- supernaturally. And I've had some, some supernatural mountains move. I've seen some instant miracles. I've seen people that couldn't hear and they could hear. I've seen cripples walk. I've, I've seen some, some instant miracles. I, I've had some instant financial miracles in my life. I really like those. How about you? Uh, where you're facing a mountain and God provides and the mountain moves. It's the slow ones that I don't like as much. Where maybe I'm not feeling so well and it's because I'm not eating right or I'm out of shape. Uh, It really got quiet in here when I said that. I don't like the the slow miracle. Or what about the financial miracles and and, and I've accumulated debt and things happen. Maybe I had a car problem or medical problems and, and, and I accumulated debt. I love the supernatural ones where he removes that. Uh, but it's harder when he says, Eric, you just got a budget. You just got to live within your means. You just got to knock out that debt little by little. Sometimes it just takes hard work. And so may God give us the grace and, and, and the courage to do that. And so it takes faith to move mountains. We love, we love the, the big miracles where it moves, but sometimes it just takes hard work. I want to tell you about a man named Dashrath Manji. And he was from India. And he worked in the mines up in northern India. And he would have to walk to work 35 miles on a very dangerous, precarious mountain path around the mountains. And so he would go work in the mountains and in the mines. And and he would work for about a week at a time. And so he'd be missing his family. And so sometimes his wife would take that precarious journey on on the mountain paths and and take him some food and, and visit him. Well, one time she did that. And she slipped and fell on the mountain and she died. And he was so devastated by that. He said, why do we have to live and work in in these conditions? And so he decided he was going to do something about it, that he was going to cut a path through the mountain in order to reduce the journey. Instead of having to walk around in this precarious mountainside path, he said, I'm going to cut a path through the mountain and reduce that dangerous journey. And so he began... And the story is, true story, you can look it up online. He carved a path 120 yards long and 30 feet wide. Listen to this. It took him 22 years because the only thing he used was a shovel. Can you imagine? He just started working for 22 years, 120 yards. That's more than a football field. 
uh, more than a soccer field, 120 yards long, 30 feet wide, took him 22 years. So here's what happened. He reduced the journey from 35 miles to about 10 miles. But then he reduced that, and it now was saved. One shovel at a time. So hear the word of the Lord today. Sometimes we want that miracle where the mountain moves, but sometimes you just got to come on somebody. You got to pull out your shovel and just start working one shovel at a time. If you're going to be in this adventure of faith, you got to be willing to work hard. Got to just keep shoveling dirt and you're going to see before you know it, the mountain's going to move. Can you say amen to that? So number one, you've got to uh, keep dreaming, dare to dream. The second thing is, is work hard. Uh, the third thing, if I, if I could just say this, is, is don't give up. Please, don't give up. And I, I understand when, when you've been through difficult times, you, you want to give up. I think we've all been there where uh, maybe you're facing a physical condition and you've prayed uh, for healing for so long, but it hasn't come. I understand we want to give up. Uh, maybe you've started a business. Maybe you've lost your investment. Maybe you lost a, a, a house or, uh, you know, a, a condo in the middle of the Great Recession. I understand that that is so understandable. But if I could say anything to you today as a brother in the Lord, I say, don't give up. Please don't give up because you never know when the breakthrough is going to come. And so just have the courage to, to not give up. Uh, listen to, to Galatians 6 and verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Would you please say this out loud? Say, God, give me the grace to not give up. Come on, say it as a prayer. Say, Lord, give me the grace to to not give up. May God give us the strength to to continue on. It's understandable because we all get weary. You might be here today and maybe there's tension in your marriage. Maybe you've been working on something. Maybe you've been having the same argument for the last 30 years. I understand that. And you get weary. We all get weary. But if I could just tell you as a brother in the Lord, under the anointing, under the unction, please don't give up on your marriage. Please don't give up on your kids. Please don't give up on the dreams and the vision that God has put on the inside of you. Don't give up. Can you say amen? Now, pinch your neighbor and say, don't give up. Come on, pinch him. Say, don't. Don't give up. I have a very precious precious spiritual son and daughter in our church, uh, Christian and Christina. They came to us over 10 years ago, and he's our youth pastor. He was one of our first graduates in our Bible college, and he'll be preaching for me while I'm I'm gone. And uh, he is such such a precious... Uh, son in the Lord. Such a joy to work with him and him and his wife. Well, a few years ago, his son was born and he was born with an incurable disease. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But when he was born, can you imagine this? His son was born with lesions all over his body that they couldn't even pick up their child. I was on my way to the hospital to, to visit him and and to just celebrate with him. And he calls me. I'm, I'm literally in the car. And he calls me. He says, Pastor, don't come. They're rushing us to all children's hospital. And so they took uh, little Noah in the ambulance. And Christina couldn't even go at first to, to all children's hospital. That's one of our uh, specialty hospitals in, in the U.S. And so they get there. And we just begin to pray. And I'll never forget going into the ICU. 
And seeing little Noah, he's got just like Vaseline and ointment all over him and this gauze. And he's sitting there. He's laying there in the, in the ICU. And I'm there with Christian and his dad, Leonard, who's also part of our church. And, and, and we're just crying. We're just praying. Got the whole church praying. And we begin to intercede. And, and you can imagine just wanting to give up. But I, I, I just commend Christian and Christine because they really stayed in faith. I said, we're, we're just going to believe the Lord. So they didn't know how long their, their child was, was going to live. He may not have even made it out of the hospital. And the ones that do live, they actually don't live that, that long. I, I can't remember the name of this. I can never pronounce it. Uh, but you're, you're, you're beginning to understand. And so here he was, this precious little guy. Well, I want you to know this. The Lord did a miracle and completely healed Noah. The doctor didn't, this is a documented miracle. The doctor didn't even know what to do. He said, we don't know what's going on, but I, I, I guess you can take your son home. And so they, they took him home. Well, let me show you a picture of Noah today. Here's Noah just a few months ago. He's 10 years old. And he's still, he's still, if you look closely, you'll see some scars on his legs or or on his arm. But this little boy, you would never imagine that he went through that trauma. And you would never imagine that Christian and Christina went through this trauma. But here's, here's what I want to say to you today. We all get hit with stuff. Maybe not like them. Uh, I can't imagine having, having to walk through that. I, I didn't have to walk through that. But, but we could all feel weary like we, like we just want to give up because the news is so bad. That's understandable. But what God wants to do is release something inside of you today to say, you know what, I'm not going to give up. And even if I feel weary at the, at the right time, I will reap a harvest. The healing is coming. The provision is coming. The breakthrough is coming. The deliverance is coming. I'm not going to give up. Would you just throw your hands up in the air? Come on, just put your hands up in the air and just say, Daddy, I don't want to give up. Say, Lord, I want to trust you. And my brother and sister, let me say this to you today. God's timing is perfect. You live in a broken realm. You live in a world that's difficult to understand. But God's timing is perfect. And oftentimes in this weariness, it's a journey of trust. Would you, would you dare to trust the Lord and not give up? So number one, I would just encourage you, please dream today. Go home and dream again. It's free. It's free. Secondly, keep working hard. Keep working hard. Thirdly, uh, don't give up. And the, the fourth ingredient and, and component of faith that I want to submit to you today is get the right partners. You got to get the right partners. And notice this, it takes faith to connect with other people. This is the powerful thing of a church family. You're part of a church family. Uh, everything in the scriptures talk about the church not being a corporation, not being a company, but being a family, being the body of Christ. It's so rewarding, the deep, fulfilling relationships that you can have. But you've got to get the right partners. You might be here today, and I don't know, maybe you've walked through the heartbreak of divorce Maybe a spouse abandoned you. Maybe you really put your hopes up and trust in a relationship, but they betrayed you. And so it's hard to have faith uh, in a relationship. Uh, 
maybe you've had some relationships that were really, really painful. It takes faith to, to, to believe again that, you know what, you can have a healthy relationship. You can have a wholesome relationship. You can have the right partners. I know in my heart today, there's probably some people here that you feel like uh, you never had partners. Maybe you feel like you just had parasites. Ever been in a relationship where it was very parasitical? So people sucked the life out of you. There was no joy. You know, a, a true friendship, that person ought to propel you to the Lord. They ought to encourage you. They ought to, they ought to build you up. They ought to be able to cry with you, walk through valleys with you, help you climb mountains together. And that's the kind of friendship that I, I long for. See, Sam is one of my closest friends but because I know that he'll, he'll encourage me. He'll cry with me. He'll walk with me. He'll help me climb mountains. He'll believe in me. That's the kind of partner you want. Don't you want that? And I'm here to declare to you today that the Lord wants to bless you with those kinds of friendships and relationships. And don't you dare let the devil mess with your mind and say that you're going to be lonely your whole life or that there's friends for other people but not for you no there are friends and there are partners and there are relationships for you hallelujah you got to stay in faith on this and so it's understandable if we've we've been hurt but but you got to get the the right partners it takes faith to connect with other people listen to philemon chapter one there's only one chapter but listen to to verse six He says this, I pray that your partnership with us, would you please say partnership? Yeah. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. I I don't have have time to really develop that, but I want to underscore a couple of things that uh, he's emphasizing partnership here. And notice this, that it would be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that you share in Christ. Uh, You know what I love about the body of Christ? I can travel the world. I can go to a new country. I don't know the language or the culture. But you meet a believer and you feel like you've known each other your whole life because of the commonality of Christ. And so you share Christ together. That's the partnership. But watch this. It deepens your understanding, watch this, of every good thing. Every good thing in you. Every good thing that Christ has provided. That's what a real partner will do. A real partner will come alongside you and say, man, you are amazing. You have incredible gifts. You have incredible talent. There's so much potential inside of you. What they do is they encourage. That's what a partner does. Encourages you and says, you can do this. Isn't that the kind of person you want around you? Instead of the person that's always cutting you down and telling you about how many mistakes you've made and how you can't do much. And you know what? I already know I can't do much. I already know all my problems. I already know that I feel inadequate and I don't feel like I could do that much. So it's just refreshing to have a brother or sister of the Lord come alongside you and say, man, you can do this. That's the kind of partnership you want. And so the Lord wants to bless you with that. One of the most inspiring stories that I ever came across was on Rick Hoyt. And Rick Hoyt was born with cerebral palsy. Uh, He couldn't speak, couldn't talk, could barely communicate. Uh, When his parents started communicating with him, they they would have to watch his visual, his visible responses to things. And 
eventually they, they actually used a computer to, to be able to, to communicate with him. But when he was a kid, one thing they noticed is that he loved sports. Every time they'd have a football game on or a baseball game on TV, uh, this kid would just light up. He, he just lit up when it came to sports. And they, they said that there's something, there's something about this. And so his dad, Dick Hoy, uh, decided he was going to enter into a 5K. He never really trained or put his kid in the wheelchair. And, and he started pushing his son... And he was amazed. His son came alive. He realized, man, his son is, is really enjoying this. He said, wow, my son enjoys it. And it made him happy as a dad. And so he went from doing 5Ks to 10Ks and, and eventually doing triathlons. And so very well known for doing the Ironman in Hawaii, which if you're not familiar with, uh, that's a 2.4-mile swim followed by a 106-mile bike ride and then a full marathon, 26.2 miles. And so he would take his son in a raft and swim. And then they would move to the bike, and he'd put his, bike, his son on a bike and go 106 miles. And then he did the marathon, and he would push his son. And his son would come alive. And Dick Hoyt was actually an incredible endurance athlete. In fact, many people in, 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 the, endurance, uh, in the endurance sports would, would ask him, don't you want to run on your own? You could be an elite athlete wasn't interested. Said, I don't even, I, I'm not even interested. What I'm interested in the, is the connection with my son. So it made his son Rick come alive, and then that would make Dick come alive. There was such a connection. There was a, a partnership there. Now, I want you to know this, that your greatest partner is the Lord. And every one of us have inadequacies in our life. Every one of us have handicaps. You need to be connected to the Lord. When you can't swim, he's going to pull you along. When you can't bike, he's going to pull you on. When you're having trouble running, he is going to push you along. Every single one of us need that partnership with the Lord. And there's a connection in there. Guess what? It makes the Lord come alive if I could say it that way. It brings pleasure to the Lord when, when you're accomplishing something, when He is partnering with you. But it also makes you come alive in the Lord because you're partnering with Him. And so that's the greatest partnership. But look at the Father and the Son team. That in... Dick would have never done it except for his son needed him and that made him come alive. His son, Rick, could have never done it without his dad. You know, if we could just learn our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities and say, wow, we really need each other. And the things that I don't have, you're going to have. And if we partner together, wow, we're going to accomplish some amazing things in life. And it doesn't have to be threatening. It's amazing how envious and jealous the church is at times and, and people are. We're so human. But we don't have to be envious of each other. In fact, we can rejoice at that and say, you know what? The weaknesses that I have, you've got those strengths. Let's partner up together. Let's run this race together. Let's accomplish something together in the Lord. And you say amen, church. And, and so get, get, the, get the right partners. And, and the fifth component that I, I just want to share with you that came up in my spirit for you today is to just take steps. Take one step at a time. If you want to fly, if you want to live this adventure of faith, well, yeah, dare to dream. Work hard. Don't give up. Get the right partners, but then t- take one step at a time. You know, sometimes when we start thinking about faith and we start thinking about this accomplishment, we think, oh, man, and we think we got to get there overnight. Life doesn't work that way. It's one step at a time. Uh, listen to, to Psalm 
uh, chapter 119 and verse 105. Uh, it says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know what we want? At least I do. I'd like to take the flashlight and just shine it a few miles down the road and, and say, Lord, how can I get there real quick? But I also grew up in Africa and I grew up in the, around the jungle and and there's so many trees, you can't see that far. And when it's dark, you can't see that far because of the, the, the brush and the, the, the stars aren't even shining. So you're, you're in the bush, you're in, you're in the jungle. And if you have a flashlight, it, it's really just one step at a time. Even if you shine it out, you can't even see that far. It's just one step at a time. I'm here to let you know today that when it comes to faith, we'd like to see what's down the road. But sometimes the adventure of faith is just one step at a time. That the Lord just wants you to take one step at a time. It's about trusting Him. And so you get your marching orders and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to take one step, then I'm going to take another step. I'm going to trust you, and as I walk this walk of faith, you're going to lead me to my dream. You're going to lead me to where you want me to go, but I'm going to trust you in this process. And so take one step at a time. As you go home and you dream today, and you make a determination in your heart that you're going to work hard, you're not going to give up, you're going to get the right partners, but I would just encourage you to take one step at a time. Think about what's one step that you can move toward your dream, toward, toward your destiny. Sometimes we want to get there all at once. I, I, I learned a lot from my kids. And uh, I'm really in an interesting stage of my life right now because my girls are 24 and 21 and, and my boys are 19 and 16. So on one side, I've got this burden where my parents are getting older and I'm realizing they need my attention and help more and, on the other side, I've got this burden because I'm trying to help my kids uh, pursue their dreams and to launch them toward university and, and toward what God is calling them to do. And, and so it's a really interesting time in life. And uh, I, I'm trying to process those emotions. But uh, my kids, every single one of them disobeyed me. And I, I told them not to grow up, and they did. And, uh, and so uh, really you can tell that I'm, I'm troubled by that because I miss the cuddly ages. I miss the, the times when, when I would hold them and, and read books to them at night and they cuddle up with me. And I, I really miss that. Those were, those were precious days. And I guess I just have to learn to wait for grandkids one day. But, so my big theological dilemma right now and maybe some of you that are older than me, you can help me in the journey. I'm, I'm wondering why the Lord gave me such amazing kids only to send them away. Uh, so I, that's my theological dilemma. And so we put this picture up uh, of the kids, uh, that first one there. That, that's the age that I, I miss them. I, I miss those age. Uh, I, I miss those. Those were fun. Those were fun times. Now, I learned something from my kids. When they were learning to walk, Here's a couple of things that I learned. One, my kids would fall a lot when they were learning to walk, but it didn't bother them a bit. Remember when your kids were learning to walk? They'd fall, and then they'd bounce right back up. Didn't even bother them. They'd just get right back up, and we'd have them walk to, come on, come on, walk, walk from one person to the other, and they'd fall, and I learned a lot, and I'm trying to learn this lesson, that when I fall, I just got to get back up. See, the problem is the older you get, it's harder to get back up isn't it? You fall and you go through all kinds of things. Oh, you're embarrassed. Maybe somebody saw me fall and then you, it, and it starts getting about you. Like, oh man, they, they saw me fall. It, it, you start focusing inwardly. 
Uh, so, you were, so you're embarrassed that you fell. And then because you're older, it's, it's harder to get back up. And the older you get, the harder it, it gets to, to get back up. And the Lord just wants us to be like a kid. Just to be like a child again. That if you fall, that you just learn to get right back up. That's the grace of the Lord. That's the loving hand of the Father that says, My child, if you messed up, just, just get back up. Listen, the Lord isn't surprised. He's got big shoulders, and he knew what was going on in your life. So just learn to get back up. The other thing about my kids that I noticed when they were, were learning how to walk is they would stumble, and they, they would fall, and we would just keep grabbing them and say, Come on, come on, come, come to Daddy. Keep trying. Keep coming to Daddy. And they would fall. But, you know, there's a scripture that says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he'll rise again. And when our kids were learning to walk, and I'm sure you're the same way, not once did I ever discipline them for falling. That's, I don't know if it's going to get any deeper than that today, but that was deep. So let it sink in. But I didn't discipline them. I didn't get angry with them. I didn't say, what's the matter with you? You're 18 months. You should be able to, you should be able to walk right now. What, what's the matter with you? Not once did I ever say that. I would just say, come on, get back up. Though a righteous person falls seven times, he'll rise again. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord just wants you to take one step at a time. And if you mess up, you just keep getting back up. You just keep walking. You just keep stumbling forward. And you're going to find yourself stumbling into your destiny because of the grace of God. We are so hard on ourselves. We beat ourselves up all the time. We feel like that we just aren't good enough and we've made so many mistakes. Hear the word of the Lord today. The Lord loves you. If I could just find the words and be able to communicate that and articulate that and share with you, if I could only somehow by the power of the Spirit say to you today, the Lord loves you and He wants you to just get back up. Keep getting up. Keep getting up. Keep getting up and just take one step at a time and before you know it you're going to be walking and then you're going to be running and before you know it you're just going to be flying can you say amen i like my kids i really do they're a lot of fun this next picture of them is them running here they are just running look at the look at the joy Look at the joy. This is you. The Lord wants you to, to walk, but he wants you to run with that freedom. Again, as a kid. I miss those days as a kid when I would just run free in Africa, under the African sky and the sun, and we would play. and Just running, running, running free. This is you. The Lord wants you to run. I like this next picture. My wife caught this picture of them jumping in the rain. How fun is this? You know, just she catches it while they're jumping in one of our Florida uh, rainstorms. Man, that's you. The Lord wants you to run. And the Lord wants you to jump. And ultimately, He wants you to fly. Can you say amen to that? And so I encourage you today in the, in the adventure of faith, the Lord wants you to dream. Keep working hard. Don't give up. Get the right partners. But then just take one step at a time. You can do that. Don't overwhelm yourself. Say, no, i got to take 10 steps. Let me go home and write down 20 action steps. Try one. Try one step. Before you know it, you're going to be walking, and you're going to be running, and eventually you're going to fly. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. I hope and pray that you got something out of that today and that the Lord just stirs 
vision and dreaming in you again. So if I could just encourage you today, when you go home for lunch, when you get a little time with the Lord, would you just dream again? It's free. It's free. Everything's free. You can dream for free. How great is that? Just go home and dream again. What's your dream for your kids, for your church, for your family? What's your dream for your ministry? What's your dream for your personal accomplishments and goals? Would you go home and and just dream again? Amen, church? Would you just put your hands up in the air if you're comfortable with that? Just be like a little kid reaching up to their dad, to their heavenly father. Lord, I just pray for faith to be released today. The adventure of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. Because we've got to believe that you exist. We say today, Lord, we believe you. And we don't always see. But Lord, we want to dare to dream. And so, Lord, I just release today that stirring up inside of our spirit that you would release. There, there's someone here that there's tense, tension in your marriage. There's tension. You really haven't told anyone, but there's just a lot of tension. You love each other. You've been married for quite some time. There's a lot of tension. I just hear the Lord saying, don't give up. Don't give up. Just You feel like you've been around that mountain, but don't give up. Just keep talking. There's somebody here today, and the Lord's showing me that there's just a real frustration with one of your kids. They're just not obeying. They're not showing a soft heart. They're rebelling, pushing back in different ways. And I just hear the Lord saying, don't give up. Don't give up. You have sowed good seeds in your child. They're going to come back around, says the Spirit of the Lord. There's somebody here today, and you've been having a physical condition for quite some time, and, and you manage it, you manage the pain. And it's gotten really discouraging. I just hear a word of faith coming you today that, that don't give up. It's not over till it's over. Just dare to dream again for that healing, that healing. There's a whole bunch of us here today that we've been hurt by friendships and relationships and people close to us. It takes faith to trust again, to build partnership. But I hear the Lord saying, don't give up. Don't give up. Let the Lord heal your heart. He's going to bless you with those relationships. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord loves you today. So, Lord, we just bless you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. I I was going to close, but it just keeps coming back to me. There's somebody here in the house, and you don't even have to come forward, but just where you're at. You've got a heart murmur. There's somebody here that has has a heart murmur. Your heart doesn't quite beat the way it needs to. Who is that? Would you just raise your hand? Some of you are praising the Lord, so I can't tell. But who's the person with a, with a heart murmur? Who is that? Uh, what this is, if you're visiting today, this is just called a word of knowledge. It just means God loves you so much that he would tell someone else what's happening uh, so we could pray for you. It's never to embarrass you. It just means God loves you. And so he wants to heal you today. So, so who is that person? Just wave at me and 
I can pray for you today. I think that, brothers, worshiping the Lord. So I'm not seeing who that is. So I'm just going to pray. And uh, it's okay. I, I learned this a long time ago that sometimes people were embarrassed, and I used to get upset by that. But then they would come up to me afterwards and say, oh, that was me. And that's okay. We love you, right? So let me just pray for that person because it, it came to me three times uh, very strongly. And so, Lord, I just pray for that person with that heart murmur. Their heart, their heart just isn't beating correctly. And I just speak the healing fire of the Lord right now into their, into their chest, into their heart. And I speak healing in Jesus' name. And in fact, I just take authority over every generational tie, every genetic tie. And that person, the doctor has asked you all those questions. Does somebody have this in your family? And uh, just hear the word of the Lord. That doesn't matter. doesn't matter because you're in God's family. And so I just speak healing to your heart in Jesus' name. And so I want to invite you. Uh, we didn't mean to embarrass you in, in any way. But if that was you, come up to me afterwards and let me pray for you. Yeah, do you love the Lord? Uh, let's finish with this worship and I'll hand it to Pastor. Uh, but God bless you. God bless you. Go home and dream. It's free. It's free. Yeah. pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for just a, a wonderful week uh, with all of our church plants, Lord, our, our brothers and sisters, Lord, all over the world. Yeah, we are so blessed yeah, by you. 
thank you for the word today, God. Lord, do a deep, deep work in our lives, Lord, as we seek to honor you and you alone. We love you, Lord. We bless you. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom from this day forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And why don't you hug someone next to you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Please say hi to our friends overseas. If you want a uh, prayer from Pastor Eric, he's, he's so extrovert. You just go in and talk to him and right, have a wonderful, wonderful day.